Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. Today, we really just want to focus in on the place where your life meets your business, where all of the things that are going on in your world, in your life, um, come together with all of the things that are happening in your business. They really aren't two separate things for most of us. There are a few of us who have grown our business to the point where it's a big corporation. But for most of us, you know, you take a break and then you come back to work, right? Do you ever find yourself in the middle of the afternoon, you're really tired and you take a nap and then you come back to work and you work seven, eight, nine o'clock at night? Not because you're working from six o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, but just simply because of the flexibility that's involved in there. We have, uh, you know, our kids are grown now, but, um, you know, a lot of you still have kids at home and maybe they have games, you know, sporting events, plays, school recitals, all of those kind of things. And one of the most amazing pieces of being self-employed is your ability to be able to really, truly, um, you know, really focus on the things that matters. Now, there's some real keys to that. Some things that are going to make your life easier and some things that are going to make your life harder. Now, one of the things that some of you that are listening are great at, others of us struggle with, and there's no judgment, we just are who we are. But one of those things sometimes is systems and knowing how to do that. Here's the cool part about it. So back in, uh, you know, 1980, (laughs) I've really been self-employed my whole life. So it depends on what year you want to talk about. I usually on applications put 1988 as the founding or 86 as the founding year for when my quote unquote company started. Um, some of you have probably read my bio in my book or, or other places and and you know that I actually started selling at five um, because as a pastor's kid, one thing we didn't have was a lot of money. I liked money and I quickly learned how to sell. Now, of course, selling is a lot easier when you're five because all you got to do is just be cute, right? But, um, you know, the thing about it is, is that over the years, there have been some tools, some things that have come along that have really greatly improved the ability to be self-employed. And of course, the big one is computers. So when I was in high school, um, I was right on the cusp. When I was in high school, was just before computers were um, a required class in school, which they are now, Um, or even really uh, something that was real workable. The computer class that I took in in high school, we were still actually working on 
what would have been called um, a microcomputer uh, or maybe a mini. I'd have to go back and look at my definitions anymore, anyhow. Um, and it was literally a network of computers in the school's systems. And there's a lot of fun stories we could tell about allowing high school kids to be logged into the school's systems. And we were in our own little own little world, but you know that isn't to say that some of the kids didn't try some stuff. Um, you know, the point is, is that in at that point, uh, you know, computers were a pretty new thing. I remember the uh, one of the very very first personal computers I ever saw. It actually had as a hard drive a literally tape player, and each of the programs started was marked at a particular time point on the counter. And so you had to rewind the tape all the way to the beginning and then fast forward it to that exact moment in the counter in order to be able to load the program. Um, we've come a long ways, huh? I mean, that's even slower than dial-up internet, which, you know, of course, Alvius, the company that I still own, was uh, back, you know, back in those days, was involved in the early pioneering days of the internet. And things just keep getting better and better. Now, we have in our pocket a powerful personal computer in the form of a cell phone, a smartphone, that can do way more than the giant massive piece of machinery that I was working on in high school. Um, and along with that, especially when we start talking about in, um, you know, in the space of, uh, of cell phones is applications that come in. And there's a lot of those that can help you with your personal finances, with your company finances. Organizing is a big one for me. Um, and if you are working with somebody you really, truly love. Now, I hope that you care about all of your employees, but I'm talking about if you're working with your spouse, um, you know, your closest, oldest friend, a family member, those kind of things. Um, the more so that that is, the more that you need systems that keep you in line and keep them um, in the know, in the knowledge. Um, you know, even if your spouse isn't working with you, it's good to keep her, uh, you know, in the know of what's going on. Share your Google Calendar, for example, with her so she knows when you have appointments and doesn't, you know, doesn't create an issue and, and vice versa. You know, she can say, hey, look, you know, the kids have a soccer game at three o'clock on Thursday and you can then know that even have ways of blocking that out on your calendar. Um, it's those kind of interactive types of tools that help us keep our lives in shape. Um, and again, like I said before, one of the big parts of that is our financial lives. Um, you know, it used to be you, uh, you know, pretty much there was two ways to get to your money. You could write a check or you could go to the bank and you could pull cash out, not through the ATM, but literally you had to talk to the teller and get the cash out. And one of the things you would learn in a basic accounting class was how to keep your, uh, you know, passbook or your checkbook um, balanced. Uh, these days we have amazing products that will 
uh, that will help do that for you. We'll even uh, tie directly into your different cards and things that you spend so that as those expenses get taken, uh, they can immediately uh, be accounted for. There's even programs that will then take and round up every purchase you do and take those extra cents and put them into savings plans for you. Really a lot of really cool applications. Now, some of you are going to be like, is this a commercial for applications? It really isn't intended to be, though I could go on the whole show about that. My point is, is, is that especially when we start working with family, that is the time that we need to become experts at our systems. We need to share with the ones we love. We need to keep them in the loop. We need to have a good work-life balance with those people that we really truly care about. This becomes um, even more so important if especially you and your spouse are working together. There can be some you know, some pitfalls really quickly, but there can also be some huge advantages. So whether your partner in life is in your business or not, you really need to learn how to communicate, how to uh, delegate to both of each other who's doing what, really understand each other's roles and responsibilities, and do things that aren't supposed to take the romance, but actually, if you do those right, they will add romance like you've never really known before into your relationship. I think it's important that wherever you're at, and, and if you're not in a relationship right now, um, now's the time to practice it. If you don't have employees right now, now's the time to practice your systems for rewarding your employees, for uh, you know, keeping track of things in a system that's going to allow people to know what's going on. If you make a point of doing that now, then you'll already be an expert at it when it comes time to do that. As opposed to, you know, you bring on your first person, your second person, whatever, and um, there becomes chaos because there's no systems in place. So today we want to specifically look at the system that is the family unit, whether you work with your spouse or not, specifically if you are working with your spouse. I've got a great best-selling author that's here to talk to you today about working and having a really incredible work life and home life. And isn't that what we want? Because I know that that's one of the biggest ways that all of us can live as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're going to talk about families and even some systems to really make our families tick like they never have before. I'm ready. Are you? Are you in business with family? And do you like it? (laughs) That could be a really loaded question for a lot of us, but there is some secrets to success in working, especially with your spouse. And in order to help us with that today, I'm joined with Carrie and Adam Anderson, and they're going to talk about whole life entrepreneurship. Hey guys, glad to have you here with us. Thanks for having us, Steve. Yeah, we are so psyched. So tell me a little bit um, about you guys and what's gotten you to this point in your life. Well, we have been hanging out together for over what, 13, 14 years now. Mm-hmm. And the, the big thing that I feel like is on our heart these days are the, the desire to help people not make some of the same mistakes we made and not to struggle the way that we uh, uh, have had to struggle to keep our marriage together while building thriving and functional businesses. <laughs> the, um, the concept I don't know if you guys have heard it before. My wife and I have heard it all the time is how could you possibly work all the time with your spouse? Have you guys ever heard that one? Oh yeah. All the time. And, you know, initially um, when Adam started his business, I had nothing to do with any of the businesses. Uh, It hasn't really been until the last maybe two years or so that he and I have been working together. And honestly, it was kind of bumpy at first. (laughs) Uh, but I I certainly have gotten to the point now where I can't imagine life any other way because we just know each other so well. And I I actually think that now, um, it's, it's the best possible circumstances we could have. Yeah, I, I concur with that. So, um, what are some of the secrets? I mean, how do you make it work? Where do you guys work from home? We work from all over. Mm -hmm. Um, Matter of fact, one of our big challenges is doing a hectic travel schedule um, with speaking engagements and workshops and summits that we go to and, um, and engage with and having small children. So we do work from home as often as possible because we still want to be mom and dad. Um, but I, I tell you what, you, you asked what are some of the secrets and the thing that is really going to submerge and just destroy any kind of working relationship with a spouse is the unspoken expectations we have for each other. And so one of the secrets is to have a family business meeting every single week. Yeah, we try and take the time every week, not just to go over our work schedule, um, but to see how the kids' schedules work into all that. And then we sort of do a short 
stand-up meeting on what's going on with our finances, what's going on with the business, what's going, um, what's going to need to happen moving forward. And then we have a real short, frank conversation about what went well that week and where we could really uh, tighten up on some things. And it kind of gets us ahead of any conflicts going forward. You know, things don't pile up on us. We try and get it out of the way in a really sort of diluted session where we sit down together and clear the air before it escalates to something big. Yes. <laughs> so now you alluded to there's some issues, especially early on in your marriage. What kind of uh, secrets, what kind of things did you guys do to be able to save your marriage? Oh, so the, the most important thing we really found out, and Carrie, you can, of course, uh, call, call me out on this one, <laughs> but we, uh, we were both suffering and we were both um, being the victim in the relationship. And I, I could, at any night of the, of the week, um, I could tell you all of the things that were wrong with Carrie and she could tell all the things that were wrong with Adam. And it wasn't until we decided that, you know what, you can't change somebody else. All you can change is your own perspectives and you have to take responsibility for yourself. And it was when we decided to stop being victims and start really empowering ourselves and not looking to the other one to save us that we really began to to move forward and, and repair our marriage. And it was pretty dark there for about five years, don't you think, Carrie? Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, one of the things that we really came to see later, we didn't seem to know it at the time, but we had really isolated ourselves as business owners, um, meaning that we'd kind of gotten to a point where our day-to-day -day family and friends couldn't really relate to us. So we had sort of become an island unto ourselves. But within our relationship, I didn't understand his world and he didn't really understand mine. We spent so much time pointing fingers at each other that really what we ended up doing is isolating ourselves from each other. Yeah. So the further and further we got apart, a, a the worse it became. It, it, it just became so stressful to try and get anything done in our household or in our business for that matter. We lived from a state of fear all of the time. Nearly everything that happened was sort of a, as a response to that fear. It wasn't really until we both looked at each other and said, you know, I can't need you. We're so far apart that I, I can't even, I can't even reach you anymore. Um, that we were able to step back a little bit and say, okay, this is not what sharing a life is. This is not what a partnership is. How do we come back together as individuals, but also as really true partners in every area of our life? Yeah, and, and Carrie put together some fantastic tools and all the stuff to help you enrich it. But before you even get to any of the stuff that we, we teach, you have to do something. If, if your marriage is in a position where you can't talk to each other, you really need to start with professional counseling. So I would say, and not feel bad about it. There are so many amazing people out there who can help you with all these business problems and you don't have a problem talking to them. Why in the world wouldn't you talk to a professional about your relationship and about your marriage? Yeah. 
So one of your key focuses is changing the way families do business. So before we talk about how we can change it, um, let's set a basic definition. How is typical that families do business? Oh, very good. So typical families do business, and I'll paint a, a very generic picture where there is a primary breadwinner. This is based off of hundreds of conversations I've had with entrepreneurial families where there is a male entrepreneur who is off doing business and there is a female uh, spouse who is at home. Uh, we call that position the, the CFO, the chief family officer. And that person is managing the estate. That person is managing the children. That person is doing all these things. And they're two sides of a coin. And that is typically how we bump into people. By no means am I saying that that's how every single one is. But most relationships have something in common with the narrative I just explained. Either maybe a, a, the different spouses, the one who's the breadwinner, maybe there's a little bit of give and take. But the typical challenges and the typical um, the family unit that we're discussing is one where there is a male entrepreneur who's working, a female spouse who's at home taking care of young to moderate aged kids, and there is a serious disconnect between the two worlds where the entrepreneur is thinking that he is off being a hero and the uh, female at home is, well, Carrie, maybe you can jump on that. Well, and I, I, I think too that the, the overall view of that particular situation is that everybody is just in survival mode. Yeah. So there's no intention. There's always scrambling, trying to pick up the parts because nobody's on the same page. Everybody's pulling in separate directions. You're literally panicking from moment to moment and just trying to get to the end of the day. Um, so in our experience, that's kind of what we've seen in sort of this avatar situation that Adam has described. Now, when you're talking about when you're working with your partner within a business, sometimes it's a little different. And what we see is that oftentimes people have a very difficult time switching hats so that when they're working on the business together and then they have other home things um, that, that come up, that they're not really able to compartmentalize those things, that all of the things blur together. And so it, it's natural that some things get neglected and fall to the wayside, especially some of the relational components. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what are the ways that we do want to change that and make it different for people? I think one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest ways we can start with that is really acknowledging the fact that we as business owning families have really put ourselves into certain boxes and without the right kind of support for those boxes, we cannot be fully successful. So the areas in which we can all improve are the areas of communication between each other about the business and about the home life and about relational issues. Uh, we do that in our own practice through 
talking about the family business meaning, and we talk a lot about conflict resolution that can be applied in either a business setting or any kind of life situation as well. We like for those things to be very fluid. The other thing that we talk about is this component of chill and how you do individual work and then how you bring your best self to your business, to your relationship and to your life in general, how you get to where you really want to go. And the last thing is community which is a really big component of what we do at Whole Life Entrepreneurship, which is just provide that scaffolding, that structure that has such a huge gap in the business world, which is, you know, having, having a support system, a source of resources for entrepreneurial families. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Adam? Oh yeah. Uh, not much though. That was, you did great. That was spot on, sweetie. Uh, I like to think of it as a, a change in the belief of what the, uh, uh, the structure of the family is. So right now we have a lot of roles and descriptions and a lot of work that you want to do individually and, you know, things have to get done. But when you look at a, a, a large scaling functional business, you have yourself a board of directors and that board of directors is there to, um, have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders that the company is going to run great. So when Carrie and I get in front of people, what we are trying to get across to them is yes, all of these detailed things are very, very important. But if you don't get on the same page as two board members of family Inc to yes, everyone has different skill sets, but you still have the responsibility to the shareholders of Family Inc., which are the family members of Family Inc. And this is great because you can have board members who are not experts at every single facet of a company. And just like you can have family board members as experts in individual tasks and bring those things into the board and really collaborate but here's the cool thing is that it's a 50-50 partnership at this level. You are at the board level, you're 50-50 partners, everything is equal. And yeah, Carrie, who's a pediatric nurse, her voice is much stronger when it comes to our kids' health. And I dive into spreadsheets and our books. And so my voice is stronger when it comes to our finances. But we both have equal votes. Hmm, I like that. I think a lot of times... Uh, people get caught up in who's the boss. You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you um, overcome I like to that? believe I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that <laughs> Carrie would say she would like to believe she is as well. <laughs> uh, you know what? You, you, you have been in some of our conversations. <laughs> yes. So the who is the boss thing, that has been very difficult because – I have a long career of launching companies, investing in companies, and being the big boss. And anything I don't want to deal with, I delegate or, or I assign to somebody else because I'm a big picture thinker. And that was amazingly destructive inside of my family. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the idea here is uh, it all begins with a change of perspective, right? When I am looking at Carrie 
and the various amazing things she does for our family, then she is not a person. She is an employee who executes tasks. And therefore, my entrepreneurial brain begins to try to optimize and build efficiencies inside of my system called family. That doesn't work. <laughs> It does not work. I've heard many times, I am not your employee. Yeah. So Carrie, what, what do you think we changed in order to? Well, I think uh, one of the things that I had to change, being on the receiving end of um, Adam accidentally on purpose, trying to boss <laughs> me around a little bit, was that I had to take real stock on what it means for him to be an entrepreneur. I took it so personally for so long. Um, when I began to get really familiar with the identity that's wrapped up in the entrepreneur, I was actually able to come to some of these things in a way that met him where he was, which was one of the reasons that I decided that, okay, well, we're going to do this weekly family, family business meeting. It's kind of you know, maybe I can get through to him if I speak business talk, business lingo. Maybe we can come together. Maybe I can teach myself how to speak to him in a place where he is. What it ended up doing what was leveling the playing field. Yeah. So as I went towards this with less of a um, defensive banshee <laughs> kind of mentality and came to it, more like someone who deserved respect, um, it, it just so turned in my favor. So when I continuously came to the situation with a, a more business-minded mentality, it took out some of that emotionality and I was able to get through. So yes, there are still times when he tends to kind of run away with something. But I can also say with 100% certainty that nobody can hold him to task like I can. Uh. <laughs> so in that way, it, it, it's kind of a give and a take. And again, we do certainly have certain areas of expertise in which we defer to the other. We defer to the other's expertise. But that does not give us an excuse to not be responsible for the results. Mm -hmm. So when we both take ownership of the results of um, where we want to go with our lives, if we, if we look around and we're not where we are, we both have to take ownership of that, just like Adam said, just as any other shareholder would be. And so it would be irresponsible for me not to step up and advocate, especially for the family side. Yeah, and I, I just want to jump in real quick and point out that... Uh, was it Raging Banshee is what you said? <laughs> that is a fantastic name for either a dog or a band. And we want to give that to your listeners. Just, just take that one. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody needs to start that group right now. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur with more about how to be in business and have a powerful family unit all at the same time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking with Adam and Carrie, and they are talking about family, about working with our spouse, about really having a great and powerful, successful life, as well as having a great business. Isn't that something that we all want? I mean, we want a great, successful business, but imagine also having a really wonderful business and having that person that you love the most be right there every step of the way with you. So imagine if you could go back in time and you could sit down with you, you know, the two of you as newlyweds and give you advice for negotiating your marriage. Uh, well, and your business, what would be the piece of advice that you would give yourselves? Ooh, my brain just went into overdrive. I mm -hmm. wish I could set, you know, mid twenties, Adam down and just say, brother, listen, you need to get to know yourself. You have certain expectations on how the world works. You have certain expectations on what is um, your role in the world. And I have to tell you that it has changed so much. And the problem with not knowing thyself and the problem with not being self-aware is that you end up happening to other people. I can see that my lack of self-awareness and my lack of emotional intelligence being brought to my family, brought to myself, brought to my spouse is probably the number one destructive force that I brought into our relationship. And it just made everything so much harder and so much more difficult than it needed to be. Yeah. And I think if I had to say, you know, honestly, it's so hard because I kind of try and live my life from a position of no regrets. Um, I believe that our situations in the past have built us for the future that we're now living. And so again, I regret nothing, but I think that if I had to say something to my 20 year old, early 30 self, I would say to be careful what I fought for and to work a little bit harder at fighting fair so that everybody is winning, that everybody is gaining, that I don't have to struggle for control so much um, because really all I had to do was just step into my own voice and figure out the way to talk to him to get what we all needed. You guys have some really cool acronyms. There you go. I can talk. Um, <laughs> that you use. Um, and one of them is the concept of feeling ASS. Can you explain that and tell people how to overcome that? 
Sure. Uh, that stands for alone, stressed, and scared. And he made that up just so I would have to say a bad word in boardrooms with professionals. He yes. thinks it's hilarious. It could totally have been isolation, stress, and fear, <laughs> but alone, stressed, and scared. People don't forget that, right? And so Carrie touched on some of these earlier where the entrepreneurial family has some unique stressors. Um, every relationship has stressors, everything, every job has stressors, but the entrepreneurial family has some unique stressors in that things tend to happen on a bigger scale. There's bigger swings with money. There's bigger swings with uh, travel and stress. And so you can quickly slip into being isolated and alone inside of your own family at work and in your community. So I'll give you a quick example. I was the boss for so long that I quickly began to put barriers, not intentionally, but I couldn't connect with my employees because they needed me to be a strong leader. I couldn't connect with my uh, immediate family because they have no idea what this crazy entrepreneurship stuff is. Um, and they think I'm crazy. And I couldn't connect at home because I, honestly, I was trying to protect my wife by keeping some of this stress away from her. But what I was really doing was amplifying her stress. Yeah, and stress is one of those things that, again, everybody experiences on some level. But when you are the entrepreneur or you are the person who is tied to the entrepreneur and your livelihood and your children's livelihood is all tied to the risks that they take, the level of stress is amplified. Uh, that just means that, you know, when he came home one day and said, hey, guess what? I lost $2 million today. I mean, I went into a complete spiraling panic because I don't know exactly what that means for us. And that stress feeds into every other area of your life. So if I was mad at him and I was stressed at home and I was single parenting, then he would be miserable as well. And then it would feed into his, his work life. And it was all around miserable for all of us. Now, the final part of this is scared. So fear is the big thing. I think that entrepreneurs don't talk enough about. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's, it's so easy to fall into the role of being the boss that we kind of dehumanize it a little bit. And so fear oftentimes is what leads us to feeling so stressed and to being so isolated. And I, I really, really um, hate that that's kind of the armor that Adam had to wear so long without me even really realizing that everything that he was doing was because he was scared. He was scared of losing the money or losing the house or losing the control. And it, it can just spiral and just be devastating to a person. I think especially in the times that we had businesses that didn't succeed, it just really chipped away at who he was as a person. But I couldn't see that because I had my own fears. I'm over here worrying and stressing and being afraid for the security of my family and the security of my children. And it was so polarizing that it's a wonder really that we ever got back together. And I think that that's why it's just so important to bring awareness to it and help people to come back together and stream their, streamline their lives towards success. 
So how do we overcome it? Well, the, the, the trick here is the, the three C's. So um, Carrie kind of touched on these earlier. This is um, chill, communication, and community. And I really needed chill because even after selling my company and even after winning the entrepreneurial journey, I ended up completely depressed and completely without joy. And the reason why is because my entire identity was wrapped up in the business. And I meet so many business owners who all they do is talk about business. And all they do is talk about their company. And when sales are up, they're happy. And when sales are down, they're sad. And their identity is their business. We have forgotten how to relax. We have forgotten what brings us joy. And so the first step is to chill and do some self-exploration. We have a number of tools to help with that that will help you figure out what brings you joy and what is my personal identity away from the business. And then on the flip side, what is my personal identity away from the family? And the two individuals go through this chill experiment together and then come through and find out how do you chill together? And the second part is communication. All of the things that we're talking about here require you to talk to another human being. <laughs> and you would think you would be good because you've been doing it for a while, but it turns out there's some biochemistry that happens when you're feeling alone, stressed, and scared that will set up chemical boundaries inside of your brain that prevent you from connecting with other people. And this can cause some real deep conflict. And so what we do is we talk through with communication, how do you fight fair, like what Carrie said, and have a successful conflict? And then how do you organize yourself to communicate without emotion not because emotion is bad but just because you need to have this kind of emotional um, you want to use emotion for fuel in a right way not dump it on a fire and then the last one is community and that's something I think is real near dear to uh, Carrie's heart yeah and I think that community is something that you know if if you were um, if I were married to someone in the military then even if they were off fighting a war somewhere, I would be on a base. I would have other wives near me. I would have a community of people to wrap around me and help me to facilitate a life that I was living by myself. But that's not the case here. Um, and I, I feel like that was something that we were missing. Even when Adam, you know, kind of as the times came around, where masterminds were a, a real typical thing, there wasn't an extension of that for the spouse or the, the, in fact, the first time that I was ever kind of a part of something like that, I was the youngest. I think, I think we discovered that I was 31 when I was first introduced to another group of, of wives of entrepreneurs and they were all well into their fifties. So I, you know, even so, it, it wasn't like I had anybody that I could really relate to. We have had to build that kind of from the ground up. And we see it especially now in these younger families that we're working with, these um, location independent, digital nomad kind of people who are rewriting what family looks like all together. They travel the world, they go all over the place. Um, they're moving from city to city all over the world, sometimes every four to six weeks and taking their family with them. They're doing international schools for their kids and they're, they're having to figure out how to manage their relationships on the road. And so 
I, I really am passionate about the fact that we've got to figure out a way to support people and continue to um, encourage them to improve and enhance their relationships before they lose each other. You know, one of the interesting things about the three C's is that you're typically really good at one, you're kind of okay at the other, and then you're really bad at one. So what we've done to help some of these younger uh, families is we've created something called the three C's self-assessment. And it's a, just a short little quiz that you can uh, go take. And I think we've put it up on, on the landing page for uh, thriving at wlemission.com slash thriving. And you get to check in to see how am I doing at the three C's and where am I deficient and maybe what needs a little bit more attention. The last thing I'd like to make a note of though, as we are um, finalizing kind of the things that we can do to overcome some of this is this awareness that again this is a a board position mm -hmm. that a spouse holds uh, we have a dear friend Trisha Harp who has done tons and tons of research into what the the life of the spouse of an entrepreneur looks like and the research shows that the spouse wants to know more about the business they want to be a part of that decision-making process and they want to have that sense of control over their own lives. And it's proven that entrepreneurs are happier in general when they are sort of in sync with the goals of their family. So these are really, really important to our overall success in our day-to-day -day lives. If we really want to be happy, these are the things that we have to do moving forward. Hmm, I like that a lot. The website is wlemission.com. They do have a landing page there, wlemission.com forward slash thriving. Um, what are some other resources though that you have there on the site to help people um, just besides the landing page and, and the the little sheet you have. Sure. So there, there's a lot of ways to to engage. If, if this is resonating with you, um, um, you can sign up for 10 free email lessons that will walk through the, the different steps of, you know, how to approach uh, learning more about being alone, stressed and scared and not feeling guilty about it. And then learning about the three C's and how you can move forward. And we have little um, sheets and little homeworks that you can use. And so you can do a whole independent free course of study on our entire body of work. And then you can also step up and we have some online courses that you can take that are carrying nice smiling faces guiding you through the whole thing. And then we even go all the way up to group coaching and one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. But the easiest way to really check that community box is that we have founded a Facebook group called Whole Life Entrepreneurship, and it's just for families of entrepreneurs that are trying to enrich and empower and improve their lives. And so any of those are fantastic ways to, to dip your toe in the water or uh, jump in with a cannonball and make a huge splash. Uh, we would just be happy to, to engage and, and communicate. So just before we go now, um, if each of you would just take a second and give a word of advice or encouragement to the listeners? Um, I think that any, any type of work 
that you do on yourself can start the process of healing and enhancing any relationship that you have as well. So if I had to say where to start in any of this, um, start with chill, start with where, who you are, where you want to be, how you plan to get there, and then really communicate that to your spouse and see how you best can, can facilitate that goal together. Yeah. And I'm going to follow up with that because I want whoever, if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship and your partner is not responding and is not working, I want you to have a hundred percent permission to take care of yourself inside of this marriage or inside of this relationship, knowing that you can't change other people, but you can set an amazing example and you can go and do the work for yourself that Carrie just described. And that will be a shining beacon uh, of healthy. This is what a healthy looks like. And that other person is going to see that. That's exactly what happened with Carrie and I. She went first and she showed me what a life without chaos and a life without anger and a life without fear looked like. And I just wanted to get some of it. So I just want to encourage you that if you are in stressful times inside of your relationship, you can always work on yourself and the other person will see it. Yeah, and it may not necessarily be comfortable. Sometimes it means really laying down blame and assuming responsibility for your own part in things. But I really believe that by doing that, we set an example for the people around us and they just automatically start feeling our vibe and it can change the course of, of a relationship. I think it can change the course of a business too, as well. If you're, if you are, are obviously working on yourself, I think that that translates into every area of our life. Carrie and Adam Anderson, Chief Family Officers at Whole Life Entrepreneurship. Carrie and Adam, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate the opportunity to share what we're learning and hopefully it helps folks. Yes, it's been a pleasure, Steve. Thank you. I know there are a lot of people that their life, their family, their marriage, their business will absolutely be accelerated because of what we were just talking about here. I hope that you were taking notes, that you got some really great stuff out of it. I hope that you will um, look at the notes for the different things that I'm going to put in here for some tools for you to help you really be successful at that. I really want you to thrive as an entrepreneur. And, you know, if home isn't good, you're not going to be thriving. If work isn't good, you're not going to be thriving. But when both of them are really going the way they can, then you can have some amazing things really show up in your life. And isn't that what we all really want? And isn't that what we all mean, regardless of where we work, when we talk about being a thriving entrepreneur? We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We really appreciate you being here with us, and I know what a time investment it is for you. So thanks for you being here. I'm going to leave you in the show notes some, uh, a couple of different examples of some things that I've found are really helpful for both your life and your family and your business to be able to really get things rolling. And, uh, you know, they're really helpful apps to really help you out. To manage your life and, and especially your finances because I know that um, all of us always need help when it comes to keeping our, our money straight, right? So here's the thing. You, whether you work with your spouse or not, whether you are married or single, um, whether you've been in business for 30 plus years or you just started yesterday, You have big dreams. You have huge goals. I was listening to a book on audio tape just this morning. Um, It was about some uh, things that Jeff Bezos does. And, you know, Jeff Bezos, not only does he own Amazon that we all love, but he also is now the richest man in the world. Um, And one of the things that he has as core principles for his business is today is the first day of the business. To work every day as though it's the first day. So again, some of you, you know, this is the first day in your business. For others of you, you've been doing it for 30 years. But I encourage you to find a way to reignite yourself, to find that spark within you. Why did you do it? Now here's a key. Who is it for? Who does it serve? Who can you help with that thing that you do? I think a lot of times we get caught in the mix of life, family, relationships, um, you know, accounting, all of those kind of things, and we forget why we're here and who we serve. I mean, maybe you're an accountant, and for those of you that are, bless you. Because there are a lot of people that struggle with keeping their numbers straight and to have somebody that does it with grace and ease. And the same thing applies regardless of what your talent and skill is. It's that thing that you do that is so powerful and so needed. Now here's the thing. Often, we become the best kept secret in the world. We have this amazing talent, this thing that we can do like nobody else. In fact, it's highly likely 
that you do it so well that you've gotten to the point where you've discounted that that's what you're good at. You do this thing with such grace and ease that you may have even gotten to the point where you're looking for something else to do. I know, I've been there too, I get it. But here's the thing, for somebody who hasn't heard from you yet, or who has and needs more help from you, you are exactly what they need. And you showing up today, being the best version of you, is absolutely what they need. It's time to come out from underneath of that bushel to shine your light brightly because your light will chase away the dark corners in other people's lives. None of us have it all together. We all have things we're working on. We have our challenges and our struggles. But there's also that wonderful, special talent inside of you that you have. And you can use it. Maybe you can even partner together with your spouse. And maybe together you guys can make a difference in the world. What I know for sure is that you need to share that message with the world. You need to share who you are with the world because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. Kathy and I are here to help you live your life as a thriving entrepreneur, but now you need to do your part. It's time to put that message out into the world, to write that book, to make it a bestseller, to post on social media, to do Facebook Lives, maybe even go on TikTok, maybe even Instagram, do pictures, do YouTube videos. There are so many ways to share who you are with the world. Maybe it's as simple as going next door and handing a pie to that neighbor you've never met. You know what your gifting is. You do it so well. Quit discounting it and share it with the world because the world needs you. Each of us needs each of us to do what we do the best we can do it. And that's how we make the world a better place. Sounds good, but it's not just pie in the sky. It really is an opportunity. There really is a purpose for you, a plan and a reason why you're here. It's not just to suck up extra carbon dioxide or oxygen and create carbon dioxide, but it's to share your message with the world, to thrive to be all that you can be so that you can make the difference in this world that only you can make. I'm looking forward to hearing all of your successes. I believe in you. And until next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.